It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and we are back. That's right, the last time you heard from us was in 2017 with our very Merry Christmas celebration, but we are back. We took some time off, needed to rest up with our friends, our family, our loved ones, and now we are back in 2018. And this week, the week of February 22nd, 2018, show number 205, we are taking a trip into your childhood, something you pass on to your children, your friends, your family, those tunes in your head that you just can't get out, as we have none other than the author of Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers, Catherine Price, stopping in here this week. That's right, Catherine has gone through, scoured the archives, the Oscar vaults, so much more to bring us an official biography of the Sherman Brothers. And she's going to stop in and talk about what prompted her wanting to write a book about the Sherman Brothers, our beloved songwriters within the Disney company, her favorite Sherman Brothers tracks, the lesser known ones, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, and you have the questions in 2018, and Aaron has the answers in I Want to Know. We have Dominic bringing you those tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation with the short leash. We have Alexa, who's back with the latest with Disney Parks in 5, and let's not forget Chaz with more about our very special guest, Catherine Price. We have Frank stopping in with this week's Disney Quote of the Week, and let's not forget Michael, our roaming reporter, who's live at the Magic Kingdom this week. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and so much more. So before we jump into the first show of 2018 after some time off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, They are going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers you might have and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is going to be a fun-filled show here this week because there is no question about it. Everyone who knows me knows I love the Sherman Brothers so much more. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go to my bio page on DizRadio.com. So let's officially kick off show number 205 for the week of February 22nd, 2018. And you know what? You better watch out because your monkey might just be an uncle. Monkeys, 
uncles ate for me. Sherman of the Walt Disney Studio. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. These are the people who wrote every song that every child has grown up with. Moments that touch your heart. remember the songs more than I remember the movie itself. Modern media, television movies, and Disneyland, they just were in the, this extraordinary position to have a gigantic impact. We were just reveling in our relationships with the studio and with Walt. When we come up with a good song idea, there were no two happier guys in the world. And we knew it. We both look at each other. Ah, yeah, we did it, yeah. We had no sibling rivalry when it came to writing. Everything in their career has pushed them into being two halves of a whole. They are, by fate and fame, shackled together. You cannot forget a Sherman Brothers song for your entire life. The biggest word you ever heard, this is how it goes. I blew it, I blew it. You'll always sound precocious, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That was the best one. music we'd like to shake his hand cause music casts a spell on us that we can't understand must be some magician designed the magic plan he changed his wand to a baton and that's how it all began 
When the rhythm pounds and the harmony sounds and the melody rolls around. Crash that chain, Joe! We're ten feet off the ground. And, and when the rhythm pounds and the harmony sounds and the melody rolls around. Right from the downbeat we can be found. Ten feet off the ground. When everybody puts his heart in it, everybody plays a part in it. That's how music magic is made. Everybody's toes get happier, everybody's feeling happier. Light of the air, out of the air, ten feet off the ground. When the rhythm pounds and the harmonies sound, and the melody rolls around. Presto change, oh, he's ten feet off the ground. Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. 
All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 205 for the week of February 22nd, 2018, as we are gearing up for somebody who wrote a book about some guys that I truly love, the Sherman Brothers. Yes, we have Catherine Price stopping in here, author of Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers. She's going to be stopping in here very shortly. We have more coming from the D team with Aaron, Dominic, Alexa, Chaz, Frank, Michael, and so much more. So we're going to jump into things hot off the D wire. But before I do that, yes, I got to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio. D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all three of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, different, quirky, kind of magical Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear the D-Team, their signature segments. Maybe you're waiting to hear my voice ramble in your ears. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. Search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand. Hit the subscribe button and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, you name it. You're going to be able to subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right away. It is that easy and that simple. And if you can't remember any of these links, you're driving in your car, just go to DizRadio.com. DIZRadio.com, and there you can find all these links there as well. So, all of you D heads, with that said, let's jump into the news hot off the D wire. And of course, as I mentioned before, it is great to be back. We took some time off after our very Merry Christmas celebration, some much needed time with our family, our friends, our loved ones, just needed that time to unwind for a little bit. But we are back in 2018. And of course, February is a big month for me because I got to give a shout out first. Happy birthday to Tyler, my son, who turned eight years old last week and happy birthday to my son Zachary who is turning 10 this weekend so happy birthday boys yes your dad still loves you so let's jump into that news hot off the D wire and how about Disney's Animal Kingdom is honoring two decades of wild encounters with a 20th anniversary celebration Disney's Animal Kingdom will mark its 20th anniversary on Earth Day April 22nd with more wild adventures than ever before kicking off spring and setting the stage for an incredible summer filled with all new events and experiences at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, commemorating the milestone year, the 500-acre adventure park is going to offer animal encounters, family-friendly activities, as well as specialty desserts and more with the Party for the Planet celebration that's going to be taking place April 22nd through May 5th. Now, there is a lot of great things that are going to be happening here. I mean, some really good things are going to be going on. Now, over the two-week Party for the Planet celebration, guests can attend the conservation talks by animal care experts, as well as participate in many other things and learn about the 2,000 animals that are home to the Association of Zoos and Aquariums accredited park, Animal Kingdom. Now, Rafiki's Planet Watch is going to take center stage for the year-long 20th anniversary right there. Now, it's going to be home to educational exhibits, activities, and more. And during the 20th anniversary, Rafiki's Planet Watch is going to offer backstage experiences with experts where guests can learn about animal nutrition, visit the veterinary hospital, and many others, including learning about global wildlife conservation. 
Now, they can also commemorate many different things with their trip for this 20th anniversary. Now, the Party for the Planet, as they're putting it, is going to have many different things. One of the things that is going to be big on April 27th, the debut of the brand new show, Up! A great bird adventure featuring Russell and Doug from Disney Pixar's animated comedy film Up. Now, we all love Up. It was a great film. And, of course, it's fitting. I mean, you have the birds. You have all the great things. Now, the show is going to give guests a chance to see senior wilderness explorer Russell and his fuzzy friend Doug in a new adventure that includes encounters with exotic birds from around the world. Now, this is a free-flying show, and it will be performed multiple times throughout the day. Now, there's also going to be the Dinotastic Celebration, as I put it, with Donald and his friends that will also premiere on Memorial Day weekend in Dinoland, USA. Now, the dinosaur-themed party celebrates Donald Duck's discovery that his bird ancestors were actually dinosaurs. Now, Dinoland USA will feature colorful new decor, all new character greetings and games, and rarely seen pals like Scrooge McDuck, Launchpad McQuack, and many others. There's even going to be a DJ-powered dance party with all kinds of tunes from the Truckosaurus stage and many other nighttime activities. Now, it's not ending there for the 20th anniversary. Also, on Memorial Day 2018, it's going to commemorate the one-year anniversary of Pandora, the world of Avatar. Now, here, travelers are transported to the mystical world of floating mountains, bioluminescent rainforests, and breathtaking new experiences. Now, it's inspired by the blockbuster film Avatar. The epic land is going to invite guests to explore a glowing landscape and more. Now, they are going to have other things. Like I said, Joe Road is going to be there as well with limited edition merchandise and his very own prints that are going to be available as well. So if you want to find out more about this, all you have to do is go to DisneyWorld.com slash Animal Kingdom to find out more about this 20th anniversary celebration. Now, since we are in the Animal Kingdom, we might as well stay there for a minute. And how about Animal Kingdom is saying that the baby Nile hippopotamus is a boy. Now, this week, as everybody knows, Walt Disney World has announced that Disney's Animal Kingdom has revealed news about a baby Nile hippopotamus that was born at the park on January 13th. They say that roughly a dozen guests were able to experience the magical moment at the park's Kilimanjaro Safaris attraction, as they were the first to learn that the hippo calf is a boy named Augustus. Now, Augustus was weighing about 168 pounds, and it's the first hippo born at the park in over 13 years. Now, the park says that he is often seen staying close to his mom, Tuma, and is already winning guests over with his playful nature. So if you want to see a brand new baby, something little, come on, brand new hippopotamus, you can't go wrong with that unless you're asking for one for Christmas. Now moving away from the parks, let's get into a galaxy far, far away, and you always know what that lead-in is, and Star Wars The Last Jedi is debuting on Movies Anywhere March 13th and on Blu-ray March 27th. That's right, the wait is almost over, and you can finally bring Star Wars The Last Jedi home digitally in 4K Ultra HD or Movies Anywhere on March 13th. Now, for those of you who prefer the physical copy instead, don't worry, you can get your physical copy. That's me. I like my physical copies for things. That's going to be releasing on March 27th, 2018. Now, The Last Jedi is going to be packaged several ways, so that way fans from all different platforms can enjoy it. Now, there are going to be some great bonus features. There's going to be the director and the Jedi, where you can go deep behind the scenes with the writer-director, Ryan Johnson, on an intimate and personal journey through the production of the movie, as well as experience what it's like to helm a global franchise and, of course, a cultural phenomenon. Now, there's Balance of the Force, where you can explore the mythology of the Force as more. There's also Scene Breakdowns, with Lighting the Spark, Creating the Space Battle, Snoke and Mirrors, as well as Showdown on Crate. I mean, there is 14 deleted scenes that are going to be included with this release. 14! To me, that might bring it a little bit better. 
and pretty much redeem it for, for me. I mean, it was a good film. It wasn't great, but it was a good film. Now, there's also going to be many, like I said, deleted scenes, audio commentary, and Andy Circus Live one night only on stage and so much more. So get ready. March 13th, you can get it digitally, streaming, and on March 27th, get that Blu-ray and 4K discs right in your hands. Now, since we're talking about Disney movies, let's get into something that I have read the books, my daughter has read the books, and most people forget Disney actually made this movie once before in 2003, but let's gear up for the all-new remake of Disney's film, A Wrinkle in Time once again. The original motion picture soundtrack is to feature all-new recordings from Demi Lovato and many others. Now, Walt Disney Records is set to release the digital version of the original motion picture soundtrack to Disney's A Wrinkle in Time from director Ava DuVernay on March 9th. Now, the film is opening nationwide that day as well. Now, the soundtrack was produced by DuVernay and features many great new songs, including the end credit song, I Believe. Now, the song was written by Khalil Lovato and many others, and it is going to be, as they put it, this culmination title track to the end of the film. Now, going through the tracks here, each song on a Wrinkle in Time soundtrack, as they put it, was crafted to create with great care and clarity to add to the story, to push the story forward. And they have some great ones. Like I said, Flowers of the Universe, I Believe, Magic, Let Me Live, Warrior, Park Bench People, Flowers of the Universe, and more, including some great scores. So you're going to get seven original songs, including many other songs that are going to be part of the original score. So it's going to be great. If you want to get your hands on this March 9th, you can download it as well as pick up the physical copy as well. Now, moving from the big screen, let's get to the small screen. And everybody is talking about Disney's streaming service. And how about Muppets is rumored to get a reboot coming to Disney's new streaming service channel. The Muppets are being rebooted yet once again. And Disney is getting ready to launch their own streaming service in 2019, which is going to be completely direct, pretty much competition with Netflix. Now, this is going to have a lot of different things. They've been announcing all kinds of stuff from Star Wars live action movies, a Mighty Ducks live action TV series, and now the Muppets are getting rebooted as well. They did have that reboot series a year ago. It was okay. Got canceled after one season. It just didn't have that Muppet vibe. It was a little bit different. You know what I mean? It was slightly different. But, you know, the original Muppet show debuted in 1976, and then they had Muppets Tonight from 96 to 98. And these are great additions. Hopefully they can capture that once again. But this new streaming service is, like I said, rumored to have Star Wars series, Mighty Ducks, many uh, Marvel ones, as well as a high school musical reboot. I don't know why we need a reboot of high school musical already. As well as remaking many classics that are also classics as well. The Parent Trap. This would be the third time The Parent Trap would be getting remade. Father of the Bride, which is actually the third time that would be getting remade as well, including Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, all as possibilities. Now, this is going to be kicking off in 2019, and of course, everything is just speculation right now. But when it comes to the Muppets, one thing isn't just speculation. And how about the all-new Muppet Babies making its debut in March on Disney Junior? Yes, it's time to relive the nostalgia of your youth with the Muppet Babies. Come on, that song just rings in your ears, doesn't it? You can hear it. I'd sing it but I have a horrible voice. But, you know, Muppet Babies are returning to the small screen this March, and Entertainment Weekly released the first images initially. We also have a write-up on our website as well. Now, the Muppet Babies are coming back to the Disney Channel and Disney Junior, and they are getting away from some of the main characters, of course, but they are going to have an all-new character. Yes, Summer 
the Penguin. Summer the Penguin is going to be that hook, that new character, that one that I guess this generation will be able to relate to. Now you may remember, you know, the original ran from 1984 through 1991 on CBS. And we recently talked with Katie Lee, who voiced Ralph on the program as well, and she adored working on the original Muppet Babies. Well, now it's time to pass it on to a new generation, and Muppet Babies are coming once again. Now, moving right along here, let's get into, I guess, even more news. There's only so much park news I can talk about because a lot of great sites are already covering the park news, right? Everything from ticket prices increasing, Tron roller coaster is coming, so many other things are going. But how about Paul King is going from Paddington the Bear to Disney's live-action Pinocchio. Yes, Paul King is becoming a true household name in family entertainment. We all know him from Paddington and, of course, Paddington 2. And those are great, fun family films. I mean, they are great. They're ones you can sit down with your kids, eat some popcorn, and just really make a night out of it. There is rumor he's doing a new version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but now, according to Variety, he has now been pretty much contacted and is on the helm for Disney's live-action version of Pinocchio. Now, the new version is going to have some great people. It has a script that was written by Chris Weiss, who did Cinderella, and it's now also being reworked by Jack Thorne, who did wonder. Now, Pinocchio will follow in the footsteps of other Disney classics that have been adapted into live-action films. I'm not sure about this yet, how it's going to be, but you know what? With him behind it, it could be a great family film. I mean, there's not enough of those so far. Everything has to be dark or gritty or have a twist or muted colors. You know, look at Paddington, and hopefully he can bring some of that fun family flair to the Disney company once again. And finally here, you know, wrapping things up, how about Disney can't stop Redbox from selling movie codes? Yes, we all love our digital copies, and if you go out and buy a movie or a Blu-ray today, yes, we all know that chances are that there's a code, which there's different ways you can download the movie on iTunes, add it to your movies anywhere, and so much more. Now, The Hollywood Reporter is saying that Disney sued Redbox back in December over this practice. Redbox has been purchasing so-called combo packs containing the discs and the codes from retailers. Now, basically, what Redbox has been doing is allowing people to rent the film, but then also selling the codes for people to download. Now, Disney argued such practice interfered with its branding, relationship with customers, and deals with licenses. But the court has now pointed out that the code doesn't exist in a physical form. So therefore, Redbox can sell these codes, and Disney has to allow them to download it. I don't see this dispute ending, and I'm not going to go into the specifics about copyrights and so much more, but let's just say Disney has lost the dispute, but I don't see them letting it lie there. So, all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here. Tough to get back into news and go on and on after our nice hiatus, our nice break here. But we are gearing up for Catherine Price, author of Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers. Something I love. You may have noticed we've had a Sherman Brother flair all show long. Maybe you don't recognize all these songs. Don't worry. Most of them on the show this week are Sherman Brother classics that are lesser known. We also have the D-Team, Aaron stopping in with I Wanna Know. We have Dominic with the Short Leash, Alexa with Disney Parks and Five, Chaz with the Hollywood Walk, Frank with this week's Disney Quote of the Week, and Michael, who is live from the Magic Kingdom with In Walt's Footsteps and so much more. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team to continue on with our show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel, and Castle and Dreams Travel's 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your vacation. Treat you like family, walk you through the process, whether it's dining reservations, tickets, you name it, they are going to treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have, so definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of this radio. 
So all of you D-heads, it is time to continue on our trek, this musical journey with many of these songs that you love, you hum along with, and if you're a younger D-head, you're enjoying them for the first time. So let's press on for the week of February 22nd, 2018, show number 205. Expiacing fragilecalorupus. Envelope to 
Davis and Kurt. Right down. Howdy, folks. I'm Lauren Murphy from Walt Disney Imagineering, and I'm here to give you a sneak peek at what's going on at the Country Bear Jamboree. From the floor to the ceiling, new curtains, new benches, new backdrops, and of course, complete makeover for all of the bears. We have 24 figures here in the show, and all of them got a little bit of TLC from our Imagineering team and our partners. Hey, gang, hit it! We went back to the original artwork and we thought, how can we recapture the magic of these bears? Every bear in here has gotten some kind of a new look to it. I mean, we've changed the furs, we've upgraded the skins. The audio animatronics are, are really what set us apart from anyone. These characters are so believable, they're so rich, they're so detailed, and they really look fantastic. My favorite bear would probably be Slim Teddy Bear. AKA Blingin' Teddy Bear. Uh, she has a lot more sparkle to her. She's got some new costuming. I want our guests to know that we do care about our classic attractions and we really you know, make an effort to keep them up and to bring them new magic. There's a lot of different generations who come to our parks. So of course we take it really seriously that we're going to deliver the show that, that they have in their imaginations, uh, it, it, but it's really better than it's ever been. We just have given it so much new life and you know, people from all across the Walt Disney World property and, and different disciplines have come together to make this happen. We all came together because everybody has so much passion behind a show like Country Bear Jamboree, which is just such a unique show. It's something that you can only experience uh, here in the United States at Walt Disney World. It's a really special event to come and see the show. I'm really proud of how it's turned out. You're going to see a really big difference in the look of the bears, the feel of the show, and the atmosphere of the theater. We really hope that the guests enjoy what we did because we did it all for them. What do you think we have you on the show for? Now, Wendell. You're supposed to pick. Now, Wendell, please. If you can't cut it, just lay out. Well, let's not fight now because we got work to do here. Well, let's do it. Now, here's a fractured folk song. Butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics. And we also wrote the words. The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C, and D, and then going back to G. But you gotta be quick. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, we're back from our hiatus, and I'm ready to start answering some of your questions. Virtual mailbag is packed, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Nathan D. of Houston, Texas, and he writes, Is radio on the team? Love the podcast and have been an avid fan for the last year. I have a question about the animatronics at Disney. Are they air compressed or liquid? also heard that one time Lincoln exploded on stage. Is that true? Thank you so much and keep up the great show. Well, audio animatronics were originally a creation of Walt Disney employee Lee Adams, who worked as an electrician at the Burbank studio and was one of Disney's original Imagineers. One of the first Disney audio animatrons was a toy bird Walt Disney got in New Orleans. It was a simple mechanical bird 
and Walt decided to improve the device that moved it. Another was a dancing man created by Roger Brogy and Waffle Rogers. Dancing Man was modeled after a tap dancing routine by actor Buddy Epson. The term audio animatronics was first used commercially by Disney in 1961, was filed as a trademark in 1964, and was registered in 1967. Pneumatic actuators were not powerful enough to move heavier objects like simulated limbs, so hydraulics were used for large figures. On-off type movement would cause an arm to be lifted, for example, either up over animatron's head or down next to its body, but with no halting or change of speed in between. To create more realistic movement in large figures, an analog system was used. This gave the figure's body parts a full range of fluid motion rather than only two positions. The digital system was used with small pneumatic moving limbs, such as eyelids, beaks, and fingers, and the analog system was used for large hydraulic human or animal moving limbs, like arms and heads. To permit a high degree of freedom, the control cylinders resemble typical miniature pneumatic or hydraulic cylinders, but mount the back of the cylinder on a ball joint and threaded rod. This ball joint permits the cylinders to float freely inside the frame, such as when the wrist joint rotates and flexes. And as far as Lincoln exploding on stage, I don't think so. I'm sure he sprung a leak, and I've seen video of him slowly falling backwards, but that's about it. Well, our next question is from Skylar Beckland of Nashville, Tennessee, and he writes, Aaron, I have a question for I Want to Know about the old movie called In Search of the Castaways. I am just now discovering the classic Disney movies thanks to your site and social media, and these are movies I never would have watched or known about otherwise. Is the movie based on anything like a book, and did the songs in the film go on to win any awards? They are catchy. Well, In Search of the Castaways is a 1962 Walt Disney Productions feature film starring Haley Mills and Maurice Chevalier in a tale about a worldwide search for a shipwrecked sea captain. The film was directed by Robert Stevenson from a screenplay by Lowell S. Hawley based upon Jules Verne's 1868 adventure novel Captain Grant's Children. The songs composed by the Sherman Brothers include Castaway, Merci Beaucoup, Let's climb and enjoy it. The Sherman Brothers have so many great and catchy songs. The film placed third in the 1963 Golden Laurel Top Male Musical Performance by Chevalier. It was nominated for the Golden Laurel Top Action Drama. Well, our final question this week is from Margaret, and she writes... I want to know if the Country Bears Jamboree record that used to be available at the parks many years ago is available to buy as a CD. I love the Bears and there's something magical about them and the animatronics still to this day. It would be a sad day to see the one at Walt Disney World close like it did at Disneyland. Thank you for the assistance. I'm also a huge fan of the Country Bears. The show is fun and the music is great. 
The record was released in 1972 and was titled Country Bear Jamboree. But unfortunately, it was never released officially on anything but LP. Long live the bears, and I hope they're around forever. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Why cry about bad weather? Enjoy it. Each moment is a treasure. Enjoy it. We are travelers on life's highway. Enjoy the trip. Each lovely twist and byway, each bump and dip. If there's a complication, enjoy it. You've got imagination, employ it. Then you'll see roses in the snow. Joie de vivre will make them grow. Voila, that's life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. A hurricane comes your way. Enjoy the breeze. You're stranded in the jungle. Enjoy the trees. If there's a complication, enjoy it. You've got imagination, employ it. This world's a con utopia. Why, it could be utopia? Voila, that's right. Enjoy it. Cry, cry about bad weather. Enjoy it. No, 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 no. Enjoy it. Each moment is a treasure. Enjoy it. That's better. Enjoy. We're travelers on life's highway. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> Each lovely twist and byway. Each bump and dip. Good. If, if there's, there's a complication, complication. Enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You've, You've got, got imagination. Employ it. Employ it. Then you see roses in the snow. The Walt Disney Film Collection. From Jules Verne, the master of imagination, comes a story that will take five daring explorers. Look out, everybody! To the farthest corners of the earth. We have our choice, eaten raw down there or roasted alive up here. Look out! Don't miss the heart-pounding. Outside, everybody! Earth-shattering thrills of Walt Disney's amazing epic, In Search of the Castaways. Hi, this is Mark Elliott, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, our feature presentation. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, just a dream away. Well, it sounds pretty good. In fact, that's just the right spirit. 
Well, hello again to all you D-heads. Michael here in the Magic Kingdom for this segment of In Walt's Footsteps. And of course, it is President's Day just past us here this past Monday, and you would be surprised, but that is actually a very busy time in the park. There's quite a lot of people walking around, but I wanted to come to Magic Kingdom to talk about a very fitting attraction uh, that actually just reopened here just in time for President's Day, and that is the Hall of Presidents. Now, over the course of his life, Walt Disney was a role model to millions of families and children all around the world. But there was one person that Walt looked up to his entire life, and that was our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. In 1964, when Walt and his Imagineers were approached to develop new show concepts for the New York World's Fair, he naturally turned his focus to his childhood hero. What resulted was great moments with Mr. Lincoln, a revolutionary stage show that brought Abraham Lincoln to life once again before millions of guests. Recounting the creative process was easy for Walt, as he knew the real secret rested in the merits of his team, having done their proper homework. He was quoted as, During our exhaustive research into Lincoln's life, we studied his mannerisms, his gestures, and even his voice characteristics to create a faithful likeliness of this honored man. The final result is so lifelike that you might find it hard to believe. Today, President Lincoln remains a favorite figure in the Hall of Presidents and holds the special honor of being the world's first realistic human animatronic. Now, Hall of Presidents to me has always been a favorite attraction. I loved history when I was going through school, and I even majored in history when I was in college. So Hall of Presidents has always not just been a break from the heat or a chance to get into the air conditioning or a chance to sit down for a nice 15 to 20 minutes, but it was always an attraction that I look forward to whenever I visit the Magic Kingdom, and that is still true today. And despite your pres- your political beliefs, despite your feelings on the current presidential administration, I urge you to visit the brand new refurbished Hall of Presidents. It has a brand new film, which is absolutely spectacular. It sounds better than it ever has before, and the attraction really was revived and brought back to the wonderment and the amazing attraction that it was when it first opened here in the Magic Kingdom. Well, thank you guys for visit, uh, for joining me here on this walk in Walt's footsteps. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I hope you had a wonderful President's Day. And the next time you're here for your family's vacation, make sure you stop in and say hello to President Abraham Lincoln. Let us pay homage to the immortal men whose illustrious names have been indelibly inscribed on history's roll of honor.
From these men, the free world may take new inspiration and hope. And if it be wise, new wisdom from old words of prophecy. This is Alexa coming at you again with this week's segment of Disney Parks in 5. Starting off in Walt Disney World, if you happen to be hanging out at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex this week, you might have spotted a few of the National Football League's top draft eligible players like former Penn State star running back Saquon Barkley. I really hope I'm saying that right. I'm not a sports person, and I'm so sorry. Who a few NFL experts think has a chance to become the first player selected in the 2018 NFL Draft coming in April. You might also run into J.P. Barrett, Ohio State's star quarterback. Players come to Disney to workshop because of his strong track record of producing NFL stars, which includes training 145 NFL first-round draft choices, 10 number one picks, and 11 Super Bowl MVPs. That is a crazy, crazy resume. They also come to the sports complex because they know they will learn how to run faster, get stronger, increase their endurance, and add years to their professional careers. 
long-term goals for all professional athletes. On February 13th, the Visual Effects Society announced Animal Kingdom's Flight of Passage ride as the winner of the annual Outstanding Visual Effect in a Special Venue project. I definitely think this award was deserved because Flight of Passage is amazing, amazing. What an honor, though. On February 14th, the newest addition to Disney Springs, the Disney Corner Store, officially opened. It is a shop for women and girls full of Disney dresses, purses, jewelry, and other girly merchandise. It is only supposed to be open for a limited time, so hurry in before you miss your chance. Tickets for Star Wars Galactic Nights at Disney's Hollywood Studios are now available online at the official Walt Disney World website. The special event will be held on May 27, 2018. And last but not least, the opening date of Toy Story Land and Disney's Hollywood Studios has officially been announced. We will finally be able to experience what it's like to be in Toy in Andy's backyard on June 30th, 2018. That is so soon. I can hardly contain my excitement, you guys. I don't think you understand. Moving on to Disneyland, starting in May 2018, the famous Star Wars Jedi, Rey, will be meeting and greeting guests in the Star Wars launch bay in Tomorrowland. We have been able to meet Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca before, but meeting Rey is an absolute dream come true for any Star Wars fan. The new store, called Disney Home, opened on February 14, 2018 at the Downtown Disney District in Disneyland. The store is full of Pinterest-worthy, without-the-hard-labor, Disney-themed home decoration merchandise, perfect for any Disney-loving home. Disneyland churro stands are now selling rose gold-colored, strawberry-flavored churros. There's so many new churros to try, it's like, how can you taste them all? I don't, I don't know, you have to spend like all day doing it. With a huge box office success of the Black Panther movie, guests can now meet the famous hero himself at Disney's California Adventure Park in the Hollywood backlot area. Thank you for listening to Disney Parks in 5 with me, Alexa. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Disney Till You're Dizzy, and find my books on Amazon. They're titled Disney Till You're Dizzy too. I have three books out full of facts about Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Let me know your thoughts and experiences on my social medias, titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. You can email me at A-L-E-X-A, that's Alexa, at DizRadio.com. Always remember that there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and tune in next time for more Disney Parks in 5. <laughs> now don't tell me you've never heard of the marvelous Madam Mim! Well, no, I don't guess so. Madam Mim? Why, boy, I'm the greatest. I'm truly marvelous. With only a touch, I have the power. Zim, Zachrim, Bim, you without a flower. I find delight in the gruesome and grim. Oh, that's terrible. Thank you, my boy. But that's nothing, nothing for me. Oh, because I'm the magnificent, marvelous mad Madam Mim. You know what? I can even change size. I can be you! Oh, in the whole house! I can be teeny, small as a mouse. Black sorcery is my dish of tea. It comes easy to me. I am the magnificent, marvelous man, Madam Did you know that I can make myself uglier yet?
Well, that would be some trick. Uh, uh, I mean, uh... Want to bet? Boo! Oh! You see? I win, I win! Aren't I hideous, boy? Perfectly revolting? Uh, yes, ma'am. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Watch this. I can be beautiful, lovely and fair. Silvery voice, long purple hair. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. But it's only skin deep for Zim Zabarin. Zim! I'm an ugly old thing! The magnificent! Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Do you do, D-Heads? It's Chaz, back again with this week's edition of the Hollywood Walk. This week is a little bit different. Our guest this week is an author, Catherine Price, who's written a biography about the Sherman Brothers. So in lieu of the normal rundown of our guest career highlights, this week I'll be hitting on the high points of the subjects of her book, The Sherman Brothers. Hopefully this small taste of the careers of the Sherman Brothers will make you want to read her book. The Sherman Brothers were some of the most prolific songwriters in not just Disney history, but Hollywood as a whole. With over 30 major film scores to their credit, numerous stage musicals, and various musical works in theme parks, there's a very high probability that you've heard their work. The brothers, Robert and Richard Sherman, began working together in 1951 after they were challenged to do so by their father, Al, and continued to work together until Robert's death in 2012. Their first top ten hit, Tall Paul, sung by Mouseketeer Judy Harriet, was then covered by another Mouseketeer, Annette Funicello. This caught the attention of Walt Disney, who hired the brothers as staff writers at the Disney Studios, where they enjoyed many parts of their prolific career. They started off small with single songs, like a song titled Strumming Song, used in an Annette Funicello vehicle, and followed that with the Medfield Fight Song in the 1961 classic, the absent-minded professor. It didn't take long before they started creating some of the legendary songs we all know and love today. The 1964 World's Fair featured a song that none of us can ever get out of our heads, It's a Small World. The following year, they won two Oscars for their work in Mary Poppins. They worked directly for Walt until his death in 1966, after which they left the company to do freelance work. One of their more well-known non-Disney works was that of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, even though they no longer worked directly for the Disney Company, they did frequently return for projects like The Aristocats, The Jungle Book, and Winnie the Pooh. The brothers continued working together even after Robert moved from Beverly Hills to London in 2002. Through their amazing careers, they have touched and influenced many of us, and will continue to touch the lives of generations to come through the immortality of their music. I hope that everyone will look into the book Melody Makers by Catherine Price and enjoy the live's work of the Sherman Brothers. That's all I have this week, but I'll be back soon with another Hollywood Walk. 
If you have any questions or comments, I can be reached at chaz at dizradio.com. That's spelled C-H-A-Z at dizradio.com. And coming up after this is Jonathan with Catherine. So until next time, don't just fly, soar. Early each day to the steps of St. Paul's The little old bird lady comes In her own special way To the people she calls Come by my bags full of crumbs Come feed the little birds Show them you care And you'll be glad if you do Their young ones are hungry, their nests are so bare All it takes is tuppence from you The one song in Mary Poppins that became the most near and dear to our hearts uh, was Feed the Birds, Tuppence a Bag. It was one of the first songs we wrote and it was directly inspired out of a story that Mrs. Travers created. And was hardly changed at all. Yeah, of all the songs we wrote, this was kind of taken in one. And uh, another one of the wonderful people that, that was preserved on that film, she was uh, very old at this point, was the, the bird lady, a uh, wonderful character. Jane Darwell. Jane Darwell. Again, she a, was Ma Joad in, in Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, but uh, Jane Darwell had been retired for 20 years by that time. And we were thinking, well, who would be the right you know, character, actress? And uh, one day in a discussion, Walt said, I know the perfect person, and I think what we should do is really send her a script and treat her as if she's the star she should be treated as. And they sent a script to Jane Darwell at the, at the actor's home. She cried, she was so thrilled. And of course, they sent cars for her. And, it was just wonderful she was on that set, and she didn't have much to do except just be herself and say, feed the birds, tuppence a bag. But it seems to have encapsulated what we were trying to do in Mary Poppins. That is to say that it doesn't take very much to give that extra dimension, to give that extra love. And tuppence signifies little, hardly anything. And feeding the birds means giving to the people that need. And in this particular case, it was the, the Banks children. They needed their father and mother's attention, their love. They, they didn't just have to be provided for. They had to be loved and, and paid attention to. Well, Walt loved this sentiment, and he felt it so deeply. And Fridays, after work, he'd usually invite us into his office, and we'd sit around. We'd talk about things that were going on at the studio. You know, worldly matters. And then he'd look over to Dick, and he'd say, play it. Yeah, and I knew what he wanted, and sometimes he wouldn't even say anything. He would just look out the window and get a little misty-eyed, and we'd uh, play it. And It was just wonderful, because sometimes uh, he could say so much just by a look or by a silence, and uh, we knew what he was saying. After Walt passed away, there were many a Friday afternoon that I'd go over to his office while the office was still his and there and play it for him. Her words are simple and few Listen, listen, she's calling to you Feed the birds, tuppence 
Camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that be movies, television, you name it, one of those things that everybody loves is music. It's the Disney music. It's the things that takes you back to that moment in time, watching movies with your family, your parents, passing it on to your children. And with us here this week is somebody who is an author. Catherine Price is here with us. She has written a book that is pretty much covers somebody who I love, two duel of brothers that I have adored our entire life. They have written that songbook for our entire existence, and she has written Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers. Welcome to Diz Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, such a great book because I personally love the Sherman Brothers. One of my uh, all-time favorite things that I have in my collection is actually an autograph uh, from their uh, their book. And it actually has an inscription from both the brothers to me. And it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. So I guess jumping into things here, I guess first, one, what, what made you realize you wanted to write a book? And two, why was it about the Sherman Brothers? Well, I've always loved writing, so I knew I wanted to write a book at some point in my life. And, of course, I love Disney, so I knew it was going to be Disney-themed. I actually met Richard Sherman back in 2011 at the D23 Expo, and uh, he was doing a panel there, and I just got to see, you know, what a charismatic person he was. And he was telling the story of how he came up with It's a Small World with his brother, Robert, and I just thought, wow, you know, this guy is really interesting. So the more that I looked into the brothers, the more I realized how much they really did write. I knew that they wrote a lot of Disney songs, but I didn't realize how many they wrote. So the more I looked into it, the more I kind of became engulfed with their whole story, and I just knew this was definitely a story that I had to get out there. Well, definitely, you know, and especially because there's that moment in time, like you said now, where there's so many songs that people didn't realize that the Sherman Brothers wrote, especially newer generations that are out there. I mean, you know, because they've written so many songs that I know I grew up hearing as well, like uh, ones that people aren't familiar with, like Monkey's Uncle, um, everything, uh, you know, like that, as well as uh, Carousel of Progress, the second incarnation with the Best Time of Your Life, the Now is the Time song. So like you said, there's so many songs that they've written. Now, I guess, how hard was it to let's just delve into this and really go all the way back to the beginning? Was it, you know, were you going to libraries, researching, making tons of phone calls? I guess, what kind of quest were you on? Well, I went on a crazy quest, actually. I am from the East Coast, so I had to fly out to the West Coast because there's not a whole lot out here um, about them. I actually went to the Oscars archives, and they were fantastic. They had a ton of information, uh, you know, newspaper articles going back into the 60s and magazine clippings. So they were really helpful. And I kind of got to piece their story together. And I talked to various people who knew the Sherman Brothers and just kind of piece their story together slowly. It was pretty much a two-year process of research. Uh, it was definitely a labor of love. I enjoyed every second of it. Sometimes I kind of thought, oh, no, am I going to be able to, you know, fill in the gaps? But the more I researched and the 
further I zoomed down into it, you know, it just kind of pieced together very perfectly. And I think I covered pretty much everything, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the book covers so many different things, too, from, you know, their musical roots, of course, you know, where they originally came from with this kind of this melody maker inside of them, as well as, you know, of course, uh, you know, being in the war, so many different things, uh, you know, getting their big breaks. Now, I guess with that and all of this research, was there one thing that you pretty much had come away from this where you were just left in awe even? I think this. The way it kind of fell together, how they started working for Walt, they kind of looked up to him. You know, he was one of the big-time people. If you got to work for Walt, you had really made it. And they had been struggling for a long time. And I just think the whole the whole process of them getting to work with Walt, you know, they were working with Annette Funicello and writing songs for her, and that's how Walt kind of got his eye on them. And he had called them in for a meeting, and the whole thing was, like, disastrous. It was kind of like a beautiful disaster. They thought, oh, you know, the interview was terrible and they couldn't believe how things went. And it just really pieced together into this perfect union. And Walt always had a special place for them in his heart. So I just, I kind of, it was kind of interesting to me to see, you know, they went in thinking, okay, we just blew this whole thing. And then they turned out to be, you know, some of the greatest legendary songwriters for Walt Disney. So I just thought that was kind of amazing that, you know, even they had kind of like the Cinderella story going for them. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, they had this Cinderella story, like you said, going for them where it's this, uh, you know, not rags to riches, but it was definitely this, you know, reaching for the stars and your dreams coming true. And with that too, with that kind of thing, they were more than just song makers. I mean, wouldn't you agree that they were more than, you know, I mean, even when you hear them speak or hear them talk, they had the same kind of energy and storytelling in just listening to them talk about creating these songs. Oh, definitely. They were definitely storytellers. And I think that was the thing that Walt loved the most about them. And he even brought them in on projects, even like Mary Poppins. And he had them part of the creative team writing the story. And the Jungle Book and various projects that they worked on, they would actually work the story around their songs. So they had created a lot of the songs first. And then the story writers would come and work with them. And they would just create the story around the whole song. So they were really... They really had their hands in every process of the movie making and definitely creating all the stories that we know, the classic movies and stories that we all grew up with. Well, definitely. You know, and with, with you uncovering all this and going through all these different aspects of their lives, because it is a very thorough book, going through so many different things, and it's a, a really easy read. I will say, I stayed up hours and hours last night, you know, reading this thing, and, you know, really just, it just really draws you in. I mean, the way you've worded things, the way you've read it is a really easy read, which sometimes is hard for a biography kind of book, and, you know, you really tackle that just right. Now, with that too and going through this i guess with that what is the absolute favorite track from the sherman brothers that uh you know you ultimately it's your all to all-time go-to track for them well i have to say it's a toss-up between feed the birds and there's a great big beautiful tomorrow i kind of grew up with there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and the carousel of progress that was always one of my favorite attractions and so I always had a special place in my heart for that song. And, you know, growing up, I've always been a dreamer myself and always kind of reached for these crazy things. They're writing books, and I'm also an artist, so I've always had dreams out there. And I think that that song just kind of sums up what it is to be a dreamer. You know, there's always a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. No matter what's going on today, tomorrow's another day. And, you know, another day to reach your dreams. And ultimately, they did write that about Walt. So 
I just think it's a great song altogether. And Feed the Birds, the more I got into the research, you know, I had known that Walt loved the song, but the more I realized how much he loved the song and how much it meant to him, that kind of started to have a special place in my heart as well because the story behind it was just so beautiful and, you know, very touching. Well, you know, and Feed the Birds is that kind of track, like you said. It has this touching moment to it. And I remember hearing an interview from the Sherman, actually, uh, Sherman Brothers, where they were talking about, you know, how even the actress that was portrayed in the film was one that, you know, Walt really wanted to have be part of it. You know, she was in Grapes of Wrath. And it was one of those, she didn't have much to do on the set, but it was something simple, a simple gesture. And they kind of reiterated how that came back to the whole essence of the song. And it is just one of those beautiful songs. Now, uh, you know, you being a mother and whatnot, I mean, I know I have passed on many of these tracks to my children. Um, you know, are there any tracks or any Sherman Brothers songs that your kids just really light up when they hear? I think their favorite one would probably be It's a Small World or the TV Room. Just because it brings back so many memories of the park. You know, those are some of our favorite attractions, and especially when they were a lot younger. Uh, my oldest daughter's a teenager now, but when she was a lot younger, It's a Small World, we rode that over and over and over. So I think that's one that really you know, resonates with her, and pretty much Winnie the Pooh, I think, also, because... We, you know, we grew up on Pooh, so that was one of their favorite characters when they were younger. So it also, it kind of just jumps from the generations, because these are all songs that I grew up with and that even my parents grew up with, and now I'm able to share that with my kids. So their songs are really timeless, and that, I think, is special, because so many times songs, you know, they don't transition throughout the generations. They kind of fade out with the times, but I think theirs are classic, and they just, you know, they continue on, and I think it's so special to be able to, you know, pass that down to your kids, songs that you cherish from your own childhood. And hopefully, you know, they'll be able to do the same with their kids and continue our little Disney tradition. Well, definitely, you know, and that's the kind of thing, like you said, it's one of those that you get to pass down. And, you know, I love passing down uh, all kinds of music and movies and things to my children as well. Uh, you know, classics, lesser known classics. And of course, that's going to bring me back to, you know, Sherman Brother classics that you uncovered that you didn't realize how many they wrote. Like I myself, some of my favorite Sherman Brother tracks that people I feel forget about is, you know, On the Front Porch is one of my all-time favorites because it's such a simple track with such great lyrics to it and it makes you just stop and enjoy life. And I also really love Mad Madam Mim from Sword in the Stone. So do you have any lesser known Sherman Brothers tracks that you have uncovered during this whole process of writing this book that you realized, wow, they wrote that and this is a track I actually really like. Well, I like this German song and I like Flitterin'. And I actually didn't, and the Ugly Bug Ball, actually, that was on one of my kids' sing-along tapes when they were much younger. And the song always made me laugh, but I had no idea the Sherman Brothers wrote it. So I'm covering little things like that, songs that I've seen in different movies here and there. And, you know, like you said, the ones that are not as well known, I think that was kind of neat to go through and see how many they really did write because pretty much to that era that, you know, television, movies, attractions, they wrote pretty much, I'd say 90% of them. And it was even neat to see the things they didn't write for Disney, you know, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I had no idea they wrote so many things beyond that. And they're, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> but their list of songs is so tremendous and long and you know it's just so tremendous to see how many things they actually wrote 
Well, definitely. And like you said, even the ones that aren't Disney, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, it, you know, of course, that already has that Disney feel just because Dick Van Dyke, you know, it has those same kind of witty, fun songs. And of course, the musical of, uh, you know, uh, Tom Sawyer, Mark Twain and all that stuff, that was a great musical from them as well. So, I mean, they have this great legacy. Now, with the Sherman Brothers writing this and then now getting so familiar with them, I'm, I'm taking it, I guess, for granted that you've been you've been able to see Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, what did you feel about their portrayal in that film uh, as opposed to what you uncovered about their real life? I think it was pretty accurate. I, you know, I think they definitely, the Sherman Brothers part of it, I think, was very accurate. The way they handled things, they, you know, they, they had a way of, they called it Shermanizing, where they would come up with words and, of course, Pamela Travers did not like that at all because she was very proper, very, you know, <laughs> she was a writer, so well, I'm a writer also, but she did not like anything made up. She didn't like the animation. So I think that that portrayal was very accurate. I do know I think they gave it a little Disney magic on her part. Uh, she definitely did not like the finished product. And even when she saw the screening of the movie, she still wasn't happy and you know she kind of rolled up her sleeve let's get back to work and Walt was kind of like uh it's a done deal the movie's done so I I think they kind of gave it a little more of a happier ending um but I think you know covering most of it I I think it was very accurate now with this uh you know writing this book you know Walt Disney's Melody Makers you know great biography you know because you are opening up something that is you know I guess there's a lot of Disney fans, and I feel sometimes as a Disney fan, people take for granted what they do know and forget that there's generations and newer Disney fans that are up and coming that don't know these things. And, you know, they don't really show stuff like, you know, when when we were growing up with Vault Disney and they would show the classics. Uh, they don't really have that nowadays on TV. So I guess with that, going into this, I guess when somebody is reading this, a newer generation, what are you hoping, hoping to uncover, uh, I guess, or open their eyes to in the world of the Sherman Brothers? I think I just want the newer generation to see, you know, pretty much the Sherman Brothers were the foundation of the Disney company. You know, Walt was the dreamer. He came up with the stories and he built the empire, but I think the music was really part of the foundation and it was definitely one of the very important, you know, cogs in the wheel there. And I think that without this music, there wouldn't be the Disney that we know today. It really helped bring Walt's visions and his dreams to life. And I think that when people leave the theaters and, you know, they see the movies and the attractions, I think a big piece that they take away is the music. I know myself when I see a movie or, you know, go to the parks and it's a small world. The thing I remember the most, the experience obviously is just the greatest, but the thing I take home with me is the music and the things that I can, you know, play back the experience on the attraction from that. And I just want them to really just appreciate, I guess, how much work these men put into the company and building the Disney that we know today with Walt. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, people have to realize that this did set that foundation that I guess what I would call the Disney style of music as well, because it really did carry through into, you know, Alan Menken and, and all those great content creators for later films like Lion King and having Tim Rice and all that, because 
it has that same feel as the Sherman Brothers. They kind of set that tone for Disney. Now, with that, you know, the book, you know, came out, you know, people are reading, I guess, have you gotten really good reception so far from the book? Of course, you're not going to tell me if you didn't, but what has been some of the most positive reception that you've heard yourself? Well, I had a reviewer in Australia just give it, you know, tremendous praise, and he wasn't even a Disney fan, and he said the book opened up a Disney place in his heart that he didn't know he had. So to me, that was the greatest review that I could have ever gotten from someone who didn't like Disney, because I'm hoping that people who like Disney will love the book because it's full of so much nostalgia and the studios and, you know, during the golden era of Walt. And so hearing someone who doesn't even like Disney love the book and saying that they now wanted to look further into Walt Disney because he was such an interesting part of the book. And, you know, that to me was, you know, the greatest feeling to see something like that. And it actually won a silver seal for a five-star review. So that was that was pretty awesome, too. That was a good feeling that, you know, people love the story so much that it's getting very positive reviews and receptive very well. Definitely. Now, have you, you know, the one thing that I would say, too, is have you had a chance to, you know, send a copy off to, uh, you know, uh, to uh, Richard Sherman and maybe, uh, you know, Robert Sherman's son or anything like that and see what they, how they feel? Well, Richard Sherman actually gave me his blessing on the project. He, I had spoken with his people. <laughs> I had gotten in contact with him directly and spoken with his people, and he was just too busy at the time to do a personal, you know, investment with me on this. Uh, he was still doing the Jungle Book and a bunch of other projects, and so he gave me his blessing. So that was, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more than that, and I did actually send him out a copy, so hopefully it's in his hands by now, um, or hopefully soon, so he will have one soon. So I would definitely love to see. No, hopefully I did him justice in his story, I, but I think I think he will appreciate it, and it really shines light on their legend. Well, definitely. And, you know, and like you said, too, it's the kind of thing where, you know, he gave you his personal blessing. So he already knew that, you know, he felt in his heart that, he, you know, you were going to do it justice. And like I said, you know, chock full, you know, almost 200 pages, you know, it is, you know, jam packed with so much stuff. And I feel like you could even do a sequel to this and even go further because there's so many, like I said, there's so many tracks. I would love to see you write a follow up to this just about all of the lesser known tracks. I mean, going into, you know, Enjoy It, In Search of the Castaways, um, you know, all these different lesser known ones even because I would love to know the backstory of those as well. So, you know, I should say you should consider that. Oh, I would definitely love to consider that. I was under a very tight constraint with my publisher and how many pages and I kept thinking, yeah, I'm not going to be able to cram this all in there because the more I got into the research, it just, the whole story just kind of unraveled and, it, like you said, there are so many songs and so many backstories, and I think every which one was more interesting than the last, and it was really hard to pick and choose. So I tried to stick with the more known ones and kind of throw a few lesser known ones in there just so people would know who the Sherman Brothers were because I know a lot of my friends and family, they love Disney, and when I told them I was writing a biography about the Sherman Brothers, they kind of looked at me and were like, who is that? And I thought, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but when I actually told them, you know, who the Sherman Brothers were and what they wrote then. Oh, you know, that's great. Oh, I love all those songs. So it was something I definitely thought, wow, so many people know these songs, but unfortunately I don't think as many as should <laughs> know who wrote them. So I really wanted to get that out there and, you know, really bring light to them because I think it is so important that people know who wrote these legendary songs because they did really write the soundtracks of so many of our childhoods and our family memories and 
you know, so many special memories to all of us. Well, definitely. And like you said, it is memories that, you know, my parents have passed down to me. I passed down to my children. You're doing the same thing. And these are tracks that they don't get forgotten. You know, many times I'm not trying to knock any other movie studios, but you know, you watch DreamWorks and you watch other those and they have songs in them. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, my kids aren't walking around humming those songs. No, they're humming Sherman Brother classics because there's something about them that are timeless. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that. My kids do the exact same thing. And, you know, we pull up to school every day with pretty much a Sherman Brothers song on. <laughs> so that's how we start every day is with um, There's Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. My daughter doesn't always love it, but <laughs> that's how we start our day on the way to school every day. So, But it, they definitely know all of their songs, my kids. And I think all of their friends know their songs, which is special too. And I think now my kids get to go around and, you know, kind of share the Sherman Brothers story now that they kind of know it because I've passed it on to them. And, you know, getting to see their friends even, you know, the little teenagers and the preteens. Oh, I know that song. I love that song. You know, I heard that when we were at Disney World. It, it's just really neat to see their eyes light up and kind of have interest in it at such a young age. Well, definitely. You know, and, and, you know, if you get any of those teenagers that are trying to be too cool, you can always mention how the Sherman Brothers also wrote that uh, wonderful track for that World of Tomorrow in Iron Man Part 2. <laughs> now, you know, with this, like I said, Walt Disney's Melody Makers, I could talk Sherman Brothers forever. As you can tell, I love the Sherman Brothers myself. Always have, like I said, uh, when I had a chance to meet both Robert and Richard, and uh, they inscribed that book for me, I was sold from that day on. You know, they are legends to me you know so to me i could talk sherman brothers forever but with this and you know this book writing it uncovering it i guess going through this entire process now i have to ask you you said you love great big beautiful tomorrow now i myself i love that song don't get me wrong but you know how would you feel if they went back to using the best time of your life in the carousel of progress again well the funny thing is that's the song i grew up with because that was when i was a kid i remember that song um, <laughs> great big beautiful tomorrow though I think I got more of an appreciation for it as an adult because you know from Pandora and different things I heard it and it's gone back to that now uh, I think the song I like because when I was uncovering you know all the research and learning about the World's Fair the Carousel of Progress is always my dad's favorite ride attraction and you know, as kids are always like, oh, why do we have to go on this again? It's so long. <laughs> it, it's something I grew to appreciate because of that. And when I was uncovering stuff about the World's Fair, I kind of found the backstory of his love for the Carousel of Progress because his parents actually took him to the World's Fair and he was able to experience that with his parents. So that's kind of why my dad loved the Carousel of Progress. So just getting to even piece my own family history and memories through the Sherman Brothers was kind of unique and I thought oh well, I never knew that I never knew you went to the World Fair you never told me that and he's like well you never asked <laughs> so I think getting that passed along to me I think is why I kind of appreciate that version because that's the version my dad kind of grew up with but yeah the the best time of your life I wouldn't be too sad if it went back to that because I like that song also and like I said that's the one I remember as a child but you know getting to find out why they changed it in the book and doing research it was kind of sad so i'm kind of glad it went back to there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and i i think it should probably stay that way <laughs> i think you're gonna end up being a little biased on that but you know uh, with that like i said you know you're writing this book though so many different things i guess was there one part of the book that was your absolute favorite part to write like you were writing that chapter and you're like 
all right, this is the sweet spot. This is the part that out of the entire book that I'm enjoying researching and writing, this is the moment where I'm like, I'm the most excited for. Well, I think, obviously I liked when they started working for Walt, but I think before they started working for Walt, I I just thought it was kind of, you know, unique that they were working on different projects and here and there and trying to do songwriting and it was the very thing I think they were trying to avoid that it was inevitable that they were going to be songwriters because their father was a songwriter and you know after they tried all these different things and it came back to them being songwriters and their dad actually made a bet with them that they couldn't come together and write a song that a kid would want to spend his lunch money on so I just think it's kind of funny it's something that I think most of us can relate to you know our parents kind of pushing us towards a dream that we may not even know that you know, we are supposed to pursue, but they can kind of see it. And as a parent now myself, it kind of makes me sit back and think, huh, <laughs> I wonder what my kids are going to get themselves into. But it, it was kind of like it was building up from the start. And I think that's just kind of a, a cool story to see unfold. So I think that's kind of my favorite part of the book is when their father kind of pushes them into songwriting because after that, it just kind of snowballed and they just kept getting lucky break after lucky break. And, you know, they struggled like anybody else. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Definitely having Walt Disney's studio call you up for an interview, I think, is definitely a lucky break. So Definitely. Well, you know, and those are great moments. Now, you know, we know that we could talk about this book forever, but of course we want people to, you know, read this book. And I highly encourage it. Like I said, I sat through, I read the entire book front to back in one sitting. I kid you not. So I read this entire thing, went through it. And of course, I'm, I, I may be biased because I am a fan of the Sherman Brothers, but all of our younger D heads out there, I'm always telling you to go back and uncover many of these classics and, and rare things that you are like, oh my gosh, there's life before Lizzie McGuire. This is something you want to listen to and uh, read this and learn about them. And now, I guess with that, I guess for anybody that wants to, you know, purchase this book, you know, check it out, get into Melody Makers, you know, Walt Disney's Melody Makers biography of the Sherman Brothers. Where can they find it, purchase it, and uh, get their own copy so they can sit down, read it, and then, of course, binge watch all the different films that they were part of? Oh, that's definitely going to be inevitable that people go back and watch all the movies because I have done that so many times since this book. Um, they can find it on Amazon. It's available in print and on Kindle currently, both on Amazon. And then all I have to do is just search Walt Disney's Melody Makers and you'll pop right up, right? With, uh, you know, Catherine Price as the author and uh, simple as that, right? Yeah. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us. Like I said, I could talk Sherman Brothers for hours. Uh, it's one of those loves in my niche of Disney Pantheon that I was excited when I found out that there was a book about the Sherman Brothers coming out. I was all about it. So, you know, I was really excited about this book. So everybody, you need to go read it. Check it out. Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers. I'm not just saying that as a sales pitch. You know, Catherine Price, thanks once again for stopping in, chatting with us. And I'm definitely going to be looking for a follow-up where we can, like, kind of get into the nitty-gritty of some of these lesser-known classics as well. Well, I will definitely look into that. But thank you so much for having me on. And hopefully I will be back with a follow-up book at some point. It was our pleasure once again, and uh, thanks for stopping in. Three creaky wooden stairs Those squeaky rocking chairs The well-worn welcome mat The lattice vines The happy times All I want 
when the day is through is linger here on the front porch with you from the wicker swing while the night birds sing we'll watch the fireflies do some sparkin too how the hours fly as the moon drifts by how sweet the air as we stare at the sky Delightfully entertaining motion picture. Starring the toast of Broadway's musical stage, the incomparable Julie Andrews. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. Medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. And America's fabulous funny man, Dick Van Dyke, as you've never seen him before. <laughs> Mary Poppins, 
The fabulous adventures of the world's most charming and delightfully eccentric heroine. I can tell you one thing, Winifred. I don't propose standing idly by and letting that woman, Mary Poppins, undermine the discipline of... There's been something odd I made extremely odd about the behavior of this household since that woman arrived. Yes, dear? Yes, the wondrous and magical ways of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins so completely and so hilariously discombobulate the family with whom she comes to stay in such delightfully amazing ways. Their lives are never again quite the same. And nor will yours be when you've been touched by the magic of this magnificent new motion picture from Walt Disney, Mary Poppins. Hell, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Oh, super Califragilistic, it's the Yellow Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Super Califragilistic, it's the Yellow Goodbye, Mary Poppins. Don't stay away too long. Hello, all you D-heads. It's great to be back after our long holiday hiatus. This is Frank, bringing you the Disney Quote of the Week. Well, I've made my Fast Pass selections for my upcoming trip in March, and today's Disney Quote of the Week comes from an attraction in the Magic Kingdom. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover formerly known as the Wedway People Mover from 1975 until 1994, and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority from 1994 to 2010. Themed as an urban mass transit system of the future, the ride takes passengers on a tour around the second floor of many attractions in Tomorrowland. The ride lasts approximately 10 minutes and 3 seconds, and the host is currently B.J. Ward. The Tomorrowland Transit People Mover is also where you can hear this classic Disney quote. Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow, please contact Mr. Johnson at the control tower to confirm your flight to the moon. Well, all you D-heads, that's all the time I have for this week. Tell me what your favorite Disney attraction quote is. What makes you laugh on an attraction? Email me at frank at dizradio.com and let me know. Until next time, D-heads, have a magical week. Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner Nonstop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger, we hope you enjoy your trip along Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. This is Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't something that keeps Lightning McQueen in Radiator Springs. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. 
Last month, I said we'd take a few segments and recap how our family planned and executed a short-leash Disney trip over Christmas week that acted both as a 40th birthday present for my wife and a surprise Christmas present for our three kids. If you want to go back for any specific topics, we covered the thinking behind such a trip as well as the initial planning and cost four segments ago. Three episodes ago, we covered what we did to fill the day with Disney fun on the day of our arrival, even though we didn't have park tickets. Two episodes ago, we surprisingly hit Epcot for our first ticket a day to see Frozen and holiday events such as the Candlelight Processional, and last time we covered what it was like to be in the Magic Kingdom on New Year's Eve. This time, we finish off the short lease trip reflecting on what it was like to be in Walt Disney World on New Year's Day. We'll talk about what we did, why we did it, and after a year of reflection, what would we do differently? And right off the bat, we have something that we would have done differently. We would not have gone to the Magic Kingdom on our final day. On most trips, the Magic Kingdom's the bookends. We go there first because, you know, you want to see the castle. And we go there last because you want to say goodbye to the castle. But this trip was a little different. We knew we wanted to spend New Year's Eve at the Magic Kingdom. To not ring in the New Year at the Magic Kingdom with fireworks over the castle would be like having Super Bowl tickets and then going to see hockey. I mean, it's New Year's Eve. You gotta spend it at the Magic Kingdom. However, we are realists. This idea does not reek of originality. We knew everybody had this exact same plan. The place was going to be packed, which it was. It even closed for a few hours as capacity maxed out. On the last segment, I was talking about the 220-minute wait times for the Frontierland Mountains and the frantic and almost futile attempts by the cast members to rope and tape one-way pedestrian lanes from Frontierland through Fantasyland to restore some semblance of traffic flow. So crowded we anticipated, and crowded it was. And we just thought we'd need that extra day to maybe see some of the attractions at the Magic Kingdom. What we didn't anticipate was how well we'd do New Year's Eve. With a combination of strategically selected fast passes, an early start, the afternoon gauntlet strategy I've outlined before, and staying to ride attractions for an hour after midnight, we pretty much did all there was with little to no wait. If we knew how well we'd do, we probably would have spent our last day somewhere else, most likely my wife's favorite place, Hollywood Studios. Which is where, as she likes to say, she gets to ride Aerosmith. A term that makes me think I need a divorce attorney on retainer. So why didn't we just do that? Why return to the Magic Kingdom for our final day, or at least park hop? Well, there are several reasons. First, we didn't have park hopper tickets. The no park hopper option saved to $300, and since two of the three days we knew for sure that we weren't going to park hop, we decided to save that cash. Second, we had fast passes for Big Thunder Mountain and the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, so we skipped those the day before. If we had missed those, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but there is a so-so likelihood of getting comparable fast passes for some Hollywood Studios attractions. But the Mine Train is my middle child's favorite, and her love is for sale and I'm buying, so that's how it goes. Another reason, everything is closing much earlier than the night before, but the Magic Kingdom was still going to be open the longest. But really what kept us there more than anything was actually an early dinner reservation. For meals, we typically do a free hotel breakfast, pack a snack, and do a counter service dinner around 4pm. We like counter service because it saves time, not waiting on a waiter or the food to come out. It's often less expensive, and we tend to enjoy the food more at the counter service places as well. By eating at 4, we're missing both the lunch and dinner crowds, and with a packed or sometimes purchased snack, we can hold ourselves over before and after the meal if need be. However, on every trip we schedule one, maybe two sit-down dinners just to make things special. My wife and I planned on going to Morimoto's on our hobo day. We were going to eat there on our fancy date because my sister got me a gift card for Christmas. The kids weren't going, we set them up with reservations at Splitsville. However, when we found out we can only use the card in Philly or New York, we decided to all go to Splitsville instead. Our other special meal was going to be at Tony's Town Square Restaurant. Leland Tramp was, and is, the Disney movie we most identified with as a couple, you know, because they were cute and crazy about each other and enjoyed restaurants, not because they smelled each other's butts. 
We even did an episode on our Plantoons cartoon show for Valentine's Day where it had us eating at Tony's Town Square on our Disney relationship bucket list. And uh, here it is. We're going to roll the tape. So I came up with a bunch of different uh, vacation scenarios. Right? Okay. So is one of them with me? They're all with you. Oh, good. Oh, that's a, that's a plus. They're all with you. All right, then I'll um, cross some of mine off. Uh, oh! <laughs> But uh, at the Magic Kingdom, we'd have lunch at Tony's Town Square restaurant. Where we shall share some pasta. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine the the uh, Lady and the Tramp dinner where you only you... go buy one plate of spaghetti. <laughs> and then you share it without utensils. And yes. see if you're going to get a second date. <laughs> Just look at me like you're an As idiot. As I grab the bottle of wine and leave. <laughs> Of all the movies to reenact, you picked the dog movie. <laughs> yeah, right. And we're back. So here we were with a two o'clock reservation that would have cost us $50 to cancel. Thus, we stayed at the Magic Kingdom. The plan was almost the same as the day before. We got there early and immediately went for the Jingle Cruise, trying in vain to duplicate the magic of cast member Skipper Chris's voyage. Our fast pass for Big Thunder Mountain was due. And it was a little too fast. We zoomed right past some of the cool interactive attractions they had built into the queue. Right next door, we snuck into Splash Mountain while most people still hadn't arrived due to them nursing their hangovers. Outside of Pirates of the Caribbean, my wife got to see a kiddie show with a far too realistic Johnny Depp look-alike. I'm glad our car can only seat five. After a ride on Pirates, we hit the Haunted Mansion, and it's a small world. My daughter wanted to find a wishing well by the Magic Kingdom, and she did. We followed that up with a reprise of The Gauntlet, riding Stitch's Great Escape, The Monsters Incorporated Laugh Floor, and Dumbo before hopping a train for our meal at Tony's Town Square. Remember, this early dinner was pretty much the whole reason why we returned to the Magic Kingdom, and here's an audio review from our Plantoon show of that experience. Even after we had planned it, I was thinking maybe we made a mistake and we should have thought we should go to Hollywood Studios instead. Well, the thing that kept us there was our dinner reservation at Tony's Town Square restaurant. Which is a big bomb. <laughs> yeah, that did not go as well as you thought. Oh my God, that was terrible. That was on our romantic dinner Valentine's Day episode as one of the things that we wanted to do. Right. And we did that. That was like two years ago. We were planning to do that. And we right. finally did it. And much like our honeymoon... Didn't quite live, live up, up to, to the, the hype. hype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we've had better and much more romantic dates with like a box of pizza and a box of wine yeah. <laughs> than the Tony's Town Square meal. And you look at what you ate. You ate like bread and more bread and, and noodles. And yeah, <laughs> for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> Even the kids are looking at us like, why the hell are we here? I, I was a Dollar General. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could recreate that meal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the chef is For probably like, bucks. I can't believe these people. But um, seriously, it was pretty, pretty rough for the prices that they were giving on what they had there. And I cook all the time. And I'm looking at what's on my plate going, this is not okay. Uh, they also had a bouncer that prevented us from watching the parade from <gasps> What the was port. that? He'd, yes, there's a parade going on and he'd, they would actually have a bouncer cast member keeping you from watching the parade. Yeah, you weren't allowed to because it would hurt the guests that were there. 
Dude, we're the we're the freaking guests. I know. That didn't go over well with you. Well, moving on. We were on Main Street and saw some glass blowers and danced our way to Mickey's PhilharMagic. We laughed at the people waiting in line for Peter Pan because the attraction's line is actually longer than the movie itself. Instead, we saw great moments in history with the Muppets, fell asleep in the Hall of Presidents, and when we woke up, the doors had closed and everybody was gone. We headed straight for the Country Bears, and for the second day in a row, we noticed that the Hall of Presidents seemed to end right when the Country Bears was about to start, so it's good to do those two back to back. We bought some jelly beans and headed for the Tiki Room. We then circled the hub and shot some aliens on Space Ranger Spin before we took in the Tomorrowland Dance Party, complete with a strangely arrhythmic Frozone. We rode Voyage of the Little Mermaid with a slightly broken aerial. She wasn't moving. It was kind of like frozen fish. Three times was not the charm for a late-night jingle cruise. Skipper Chris still reigns supreme. No second ride for us on Pirates of the Caribbean because it broke, so it was back to Splash Mountain before our Seven Dwarfs Mine Train Fast Pass. A cast member made all five of us stuff ourselves into one Mad Hatter teacup, so if anyone vomited, it'd be like being in the front row of a Gallagher show. My son said a tearful goodbye to Stitch's Great Escape and we exited the park. And there you have it, people. Almost exactly a year ago, we had a great short leash trip and triumphed over the crowds. I wholeheartedly recommend a winter trip, short or long, where you can see a theme on top of a theme park. Winter became my wife's favorite time to visit, and if our schedules would permit it, I am sure it would supplant the summer to become our new standard time of year to visit. Because spending three days in New Year's bliss at Disney, well, that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I also could be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons. You can see our Disney planning cartoon show and videos of this very short leash trip I'm talking about right now on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting plantoons.com. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Carousel of Progress. Now, most carousels just go round and round without getting anywhere. But on this one, at every turn, we'll be making progress. And progress is not just moving ahead. Progress is dreaming and working and building a better way of life. Progress is a commitment to people, a commitment to making today and tomorrow the best time of your life. It wasn't always easy. At every turn in our history, there was always someone saying, turn back, turn back. But there is no turning back, not for us, not for our carousel. The challenge always lies ahead. And as long as man dreams and works and builds together, these years, too, can be the best time of your life. Now is the time, now is the best time, now is the best time of your life. Life is a prize, live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win it. Yesterday's memories may sparkle and gleam. Tomorrow is still but a dream. Right here and now, you've got it made. The world's forward marching and you're in the parade. Now is the time. 
Now is the best time of the year, the time of joy or strife. There's so much to cheer for, be glad you're here, for it's the best time of your life. Now is the time, now is the best time, now is the best time of your life. Life is a prize, live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win it. Yesterday's memories may sparkle and gleam. Tomorrow is still but a dream. Right here and now, you've got it made. The world's forward marching and you're in the parade. Now is the time, now is the best time. Be it a time of joy or strife. There's so much to cheer for, be glad you're here for It's the best time of your life Now is the time, now is the best time Now is the best time of your life Life is a prize, live every minute Open your eyes and watch how you win it Yesterday's memories may sparkle and gleam Tomorrow is still but a dream Right here and now, you've got it made. The world's forward marching and you're in the parade. Now is the time, now is the best time. Be it a time of joy or strife. There's so much to cheer for. Be glad you're here for it's the best time of your life. Cooper, their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that piece. Debbie, that's a beautiful floor-length gown. Well, thank you, Bob, but uh, can you keep a secret? No. Don't tell Harry, but I'm barefoot. <laughs> so is Dolores. I couldn't find my patent leather. <laughs> The nominees for Best Music Score, Substantially Original, are Lawrence Rosenthal for Beckett, Dimitri Tiankin for The Fall of the Roman Empire, Frank Duvall for Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, Richard M. Sherman, and Robert B. Sherman for Mary Poppins, Henry Mancini for The Pink Panther. The winner is... The winners are Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman for Mary Poppins. Mr. Walt Disney, Mr. Bill Walsh, Mr. Don DeGrotti, and Erwin Costell, Bob Stevenson, our Julie wonderful Andrews, guest, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. There are so many people connected with Mary Poppins, I'm sure we left quite a lot of them out. We'll stay up all night thinking. Thank you. Thank you, Academy, very much. Hello, this is Helen Reddy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. 
Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's Final too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp, something I love. Music, melody, and of course, the Sherman Brothers. I'd like to extend a very special thank you once again to Catherine Price for writing this great biography of the Sherman Brothers and taking her time this week, stopping in with all of us, chatting here at the show. I definitely urge all of you to check out her book, Walt Disney's Melody Makers, a biography of the Sherman Brothers. Thank you, Catherine, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D team of Aaron, Dominic, Alexa, Chaz, Frank, and Michael, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without them, there would be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. The D-Team truly does make the show happen. Remember, you can connect up with the D-Team on our official website as well. And most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring this show to you every single week. You're the reason we've been coming at you for almost eight years. You're the ones that give us that drive, the magic, and so much more. So thank you, the D-Heads, for making this show exactly what it is, truly magical. Now, next week, we're going to continue on our trek into 2018 with all kinds of fun, more special guests, and a lot of great surprises on the way throughout this year. We have lots of fun things. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. DIZradio.com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, and so much more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. You can also join us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all three are going to help you find our fun show. And remember, if you want to stay connected instantly, you need the shows as soon as they get released, just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, and hit the subscribe button and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, you name it, to listen to every single week. You can't wait to hear the D-Team. You can't wait to hear me rambling week in and week out. Subscribe right there. And if you can't remember any of these links, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. So, with that out of the way, next week we're continuing on into 2018 as we are officially back in action after a few weeks off here for some rest and relaxation, some spending time with family that was much needed. And next week we are jumping into something a little bit different. Think audio animatronics. Think eating pizza. Think of people poking fun at it on shows like Gravity Falls. I'm going to leave it at that, all VD heads. So until next week, as I always say, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Last week was my one son's birthday turning the big eight. This weekend is my other son turning 10. So with that, capture the memories. Make the memories. Make the memories the best they can be and capture those moments. As the Sherman Brothers would say, making memories, taking pictures is making memories. So until next week, all VD heads, have a fantastic, magical weekend. Long before the old Model T, round about the turn of the century.
century folks discovered a barrel of fun taking pictures by the light of the sun smile hug look at the camera hold your breath and say cheese cheese little did they realize back then they were making memories Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.